Welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. On today's show, we're going to learn that artillery is coming back to our 34th Red Bull Infantry Division, and we'll check in on American Legion softball. But first, it's time for Generally Speaking, a weekly message from the Adjutant General of the Minnesota National Guard, Major General Sean Mankey. Your Minnesota National Guard is a unique military organization in that we have a dual role. Our chain of command includes both our governor and our president. We serve both overseas and combat roles and here at home in response to state emergencies. More than 13,000 strong, the soldiers and airmen of your Minnesota National Guard are based in more than 60 communities across our great state. From our Air National Guard units in Duluth and the Twin Cities to our Army National Guard units stationed in Rosemont, Bloomington, St. Paul, Camp Ripley, and elsewhere, the soldiers and airmen of your Minnesota National Guard live here, work here, and serve here. It is our mission to be good community partners. We partner with local law enforcement agencies, schools, and an assortment of community organizations as part of our counter-drug program. In our role as Emergency Management Response Agency, we're prepared to protect Minnesota from any hostility, be it winter weather, floods, wildfires, civil unrest, or a pandemic. While I'm in the community, people often stop me to thank me for my service. I'm always humbled by that gesture of gratitude, but I'm also proud in the knowledge that the Minnesota National Guard is always ready to protect our community and always there to respond. Thank you. Thank you, General Mankey. For more information, please go to minnesotamilitaryradio.com. The director of the Army National Guard, General Daniel Hokanson, announced on April 29th the newest Division Artillery Headquarters will be assigned to the 34th Red Bull Infantry Division, Reactivation for the 34th Devardi is scheduled for the fall of 2022. And joining me now is the, to talk about that is Colonel Eric Whelan, uh, who comes to the Minnesota National Guard after being selected to serve as a 34th Division Artillery Commander and serving most of his career in the Iowa National Guard. Colonel Whelan, welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. Thank you, Todd, for having me. Sir, uh, as we said there, you've spent uh, most of your career uh, down in Iowa. Can you tell us a little bit about when you uh, joined and uh, some of the things you've gone through? Sure, absolutely. So my family was never a military family. In fact, um, my experience with the military was only through an uncle who served in the Marines in the 80s. So I had a recruiter come to me when I was in high school and said, Eric, what are you going to do with your life? I said, I was going to Iowa State. I was going to be an architect. He said, that sounds really good. Do you want me to pay for it? I said, well, that sounds really good too. And so I joined the Iowa National Guard uh, back in the mid-90s, and my hometown unit happened to be an artillery unit. So that's how I became an artilleryman. Uh, Shortly after attending Iowa State for a few years, they said, you know, we're looking for officers. And I said, what's what's an officer? And uh, so lo and behold, I uh, went through the OCS program there in the state of Iowa, and out came uh, Second Lieutenant Wheeland. Uh, graduated from college in 2000, uh, started my career as, a, as an architect and serving part-time as a field artillery officer. Little did I know, obviously, come 2011 with 9-11, that uh, my military career was going to change significantly. And, sir, you've been working down in Iowa for the Iowa Adjutant General, Major General Ben Carell. And he was a former 34th Infantry Division commander until just before he uh, he left and uh, took over as the adjutant general down there. Uh, I imagine uh, uh, it's been a, a great time serving with him the last few years. It, it absolutely has. I, you know, I is a, had a very traditional artillery career, you know, serving at all of the uh, typical officer positions. Very proud to wear this Red Bull patch. And uh, when given the opportunity uh, to come up here to Minnesota, 
and serve as the uh, first division artillery commander and part of the reactivation. Uh, it was a tremendous opportunity for me that I'm very grateful for. And Colonel, quickly, uh, I'm hoping you can explain a lot of folks when they t- talk about the Minnesota National Guard, they think everybody's part of the division, uh, where, where in fact the division is made up of soldiers from not just Minnesota, but Iowa and several other states. And we've had on, we talk, we follow the 1st Armored Brigade Combat Team on their deployments. Uh, but down in Iowa, you've got the 2nd Armored Brigade Combat Team. And could you just kind of describe to us the division and, and, and the differences between, you know, it's made up of a lot of Minnesota National Guard troops, but it's also a lot of Iowa troops. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, this is one of the unique uh, considerations with the National Guard. So, um, you know, the 34th Division, as you said, Tom, has um, organizations. You know, we have uh, 1st Brigade Combat Team here in Minnesota. You have 2nd Brigade Combat Team in Iowa. Uh, you've got a combat team in Idaho. You have a combat team in North Carolina. Um, there is recently, because of the, the specific organization with the 34th, we have an artillery battalion down in uh, Utah, which is actually fielding the first long-range howitzer systems in the National Guard. Uh, another another great first for the artillery community. So it, it is more than just the Minnesota National Guard, but, you know, the Minnesota National Guard has a very rich and proud tradition from an artillery uh, perspective. The community here has been uh, extremely supportive of the reactivation of the Devardi. Uh I know the history here goes back uh, many years. You know, I, I recall as a young lieutenant as part of the Devardi, uh coming up to Camp Ripley, you know, doing a Devardi AT with all of the uh, Devardi you know, artillery battalions, uh, you know, is one of my foundational memories as, a, as an artillery officer. And we can trace that back to World War II, and they were highly decorated back then. We're speaking with Colonel Eric Wieland, who is the, uh, uh, comes to the Minnesota National Guard to serve as the 34th Division Artillery Commander on Minnesota Military Radio. So, sir, uh, just for the benefit of our listeners, active duty Army's got a limited number of divisions, and within each division, they've got these capabilities. And you now the the, or the guard across the United States has, I think, about eight divisions too, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. And by adding back the division artillery, not to everybody, but we got it here in Minnesota out of fourteen, I think, states that applied for it. That just increases the capability of the division, and if and when they're called upon to to uh, uh, be act, activated, activated, and go to work. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the the army made the decision to to bring back the division artillery because you know the, the nature of war that we are fighting is changing, and you know for for many years while we were very involved in the Middle East, uh, brigades and brigade combat teams were really the the echelon of the military that was being deployed a lot, and divisions didn't have a a critical role in uh, in the global war on terrorism. Uh, as we obviously see in, in today's events uh, going on with Ukraine and other places, that the division has really become the key uh, military organization for um, as far as being able to take all the capabilities that the military has and bring them to bear against the enemy. So the division artillery is a serves as you know a, a key role in integrating all the field artillery capabilities. The division headquarters has um, the division commander. Myself serves as the primary advisor to the division commander on all things related to field artillery and fires, and being able to bring all that capability uh, into you know, which includes obviously our air force and other joint capabilities, 
to be able to bring that to uh, bear against the enemy in a decisive action. And sir, uh, as a civilian, I think I can say this. I've been watching the, the 34th Infantry Division for a dozen years, and, and of course we've been on the on the air for that long. Seems like every time we go for uh, any kind of training, and we perform well, uh, what you get is is a is a good, well done. Is uh, you get another deployment, and you get to go show the 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 active army that you can do it. And of course, uh, the 34th Infantry Division, uh, I understand, during World War II, had more. Uh, days in active combat than any other unit in World War II. And so there's a long history of the 34th Infantry Division being ready, always ready, always there. And, of course, uh, their motto is attack, attack, attack. So a little easier to do that when you've got Devardi back or division artillery. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, the the Red Bull history, uh, you know, I've been fortunate to attend several military um, trainings and, and events here over the last couple of years. And, you know, the senior leaders uh, of the Army recognize the Red Bull patch, and they know that it, it, it's history, but they know what its current capabilities are, too. And having the division artillery coming to Minnesota first, so it's going to all National Guard divisions, but for us to be selected first is a great reflection of the field artillery community here in Minnesota, along with, you know, all the great uh, soldiers that are part of the 34th Division. And, sir, it must be an honor for you to be the uh, the one that was chosen to stand up division artillery after it was uh, closed down in 2005. A- absolutely. You know, it's uh, my, my military career has kind of come full circle. You know, I, uh, you know, remember meeting a Devardi commander, uh, you know, way back uh, as, as a young lieutenant and as a young captain. Uh, to see that come full circle is a, is a tremendous opportunity for me that I'm, uh, again, incredibly grateful for. And, sir, there's a lot of old soldiers from the Minnesota National Guard that are cheering you on and standing on the sidelines saying, we got Devardi back. This is a great day. Absolutely. It's a great day to be an artilleryman in Minnesota. Colonel, we'll take a short break. When we come back, I want to talk about uh, what it takes to stand up division artillery and uh, some of the capabilities that you bring to the uh, 34th Entry Division. We're speaking with Colonel Eric Whelan. Uh, the uh, 34th Division Artillery Commander on Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. We've been speaking with Colonel Eric Whelan, who is the uh, new 34th Division Artillery Commander. Uh, came to uh, the, back to the division uh, from uh, spending most of his career in Iowa. And uh, an Army National Guard Devardi, or Division Artillery, increases capabilities at the division headquarters by providing long-range precision fires, command and control of division-level artillery assets, fire support, and synchronization of joint fires. The Devardi is currently planned to station within the division headquarters' new facility located in the Arden Hills Army Training Site. And, sir, uh, we've, we did a show from that new uh, division headquarters out there. Uh, great piece of land and great building, and uh, looked like they had room, and I think now I understand why they built a little extra room so you could come and stand up with division artillery. Yeah, no, we're uh, we're we're very fortunate. We're we're actually stationed just across the street at the Hamlin Armory, and uh, but you know the the division artillery uh, brigade is deeply integrated into the division operations, and so my role as both a brigade commander and as the senior field artillery advisor to the division commander requires me to be in both places, kind of at the um, same time. So um, we're very fortunate here in Minnesota to have the great facilities that we do, and being able to. Uh, step back and forth is is very fortunate. Well, Colonel, I understand the 31st Devardi was deactivated in September of 2005, and 
reorganized reorganized its uh, subordinate units. So Minnesota National Guard had some artillery during these odd years, but now uh, they want to stand it. Uh, the Pentagon wants to stand it back up as part of the 34th Red Bull Infantry Division. What's it take to do that? Yeah, so uh, you know, I was very fortunate when uh, I interviewed for this position with uh, the previous uh, division commander, General Wickman. You know, he made the comment that you know we're gonna we're gonna put this is a priority for the state, this is a priority for the division. We're gonna give you the best people, uh, and I've been very fortunate that my full time team has uh, really been almost hand selected by the Minnesota National Guard senior leadership to ensure that we have the right people in the right places. You know, we started this organization uh, in October of, of 22 with, or I'm sorry, in, in 21 with uh, just six people. And we've grown every month since then. Um, you know, our the Devardi headquarters is about 200 people. And then once uh, the decisions are made by senior leaders, we'll start moving subordinate organizations underneath there. But, you know, a lot of considerations go into that. But, you know, you always try and get the right people in the right seats. Um as you try and build an organization from scratch, which is a new challenge for me, you know, all of my previous assignments, obviously I moved into an organization that was already uh, up and running, so to speak. And so to build something from scratch is a unique challenge that I really enjoy. So, sir, would it be safe to say that uh, when the Pentagon takes a look at division-level artillery, which we, we're referring to as Devardi, that the capabilities that are there within the division are higher and greater than maybe the capabilities that we had when we had subordinate units within the, the Guard? It, it's really about synchronization. You know, the uh, it, it, a lot of times bringing the uh, artillery to be able to mass and, and or it's being able to, to engage the enemy with all of your capabilities at the same time was very challenging when you had the artillery spread across all these different subordinate organizations. So the division artillery, by consolidating all the field artillery capabilities under one command, gives the division commander uh, the lethality that he or she is going to need in our future conflicts. So, sir, I'm looking at your, your bio, and I noticed that in 2017 you went to uh, a command course uh, at Fort Sill for battalion uh, uh, artillery, and then you went again last year for brigade uh, pre-command courses, and now, of course, this is division, and as you move up, it, it's it's larger numbers of soldiers and uh, probably more capabilities, and does that mean that we're probably going to get some uh, some new uh, artillery equipment as well? So you, you know the uh, the army is always looking at um, modernization, and that's uh, you know one of General Mankey's uh, the adjutant general's priorities is modernization for the Minnesota National Guard, and so the field artillery was underinvested uh, through the global war on terrorism because that artillery was not the key. Uh, weapon system that we are using in those kind of conflicts, but as we're seeing now in in the conflicts in Ukraine and, and you know other potential uh, places, artillery is a decisive capability that um, the U.S., our NATO partners, uh, and other allies that we would be fighting with need to have. And so, you know, again, modernization is, is a top priority across the Army. Um, you know, obviously how those uh, resources flow down to the Minnesota National Guard is to be determined. But, um, you know, we're, we're looking forward to some exciting opportunities with uh, the, both the capabilities that we have now and anything that might come in the future. We're speaking with Colonel Eric Whelan on Minnesota Military Radio. 
Sir, when I think back on artillery, I think of artillery traditionally used in World War II and Korea, and, and even in Vietnam, we had artillery that was way behind the lines, and, and they'd call it in, and it was fairly accurate, but with today's uh, uh, smart munitions, uh, there's really no comparison, is there? No, there isn't. I, you know, precision capabilities that uh, the Army has invested in is, is second to none, and it gives... Um, the both the combination of lethality and, and you know that a division commander needs, but at the same time is um, you know proportional to the need of the um, surrounding area. So, in other words, you know we don't blow up anything that we don't have to. So, to the greatest degree possible, right? We want to win our nation's wars, but at the same time, we don't want to provide the unnecessary destruction that unfortunately you're seeing right now in Ukraine. So we try to avoid that collateral damage and killing civilians and all the things that maybe uh, aren't happening over in Ukraine and Russia right now. Unfortunately not. So, sir, uh, how long do you project that it's going to take to, to get up to uh, full force and, and to get into the training and, and to, to get all your soldiers ready to to move at a minute's notice if they're needed? Yeah, ab- absolutely. So, you know, the, the Army came down and said – um, you get one year of what they call early implementation, which is where we are right now, and then you get three years to kind of uh, prepare the organization, and that uh, that starts here uh, in you know October first is our, our three years. So um, by twenty twenty five is the the date when the organization has to be fully trained, ready to deploy, um, you know, with all of our equipment, uh, personnel, and, and ensuring that uh, all the proper. Uh, training has been completing completed and validation. So, you know, we've we've got time, but you know, it's it's all things you know in a, in a National Guard environment. Those three years will go very quickly. Colonel, we've got one of the greatest training facilities in the United States up in Camp Ripley. I'm assuming you can do a lot of training up there, and and then I think there's some bases in Texas and California where you can do a little, maybe a little more live fire. Uh, Camp Ripley's got to help in your efforts to get ready to, and get going. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, I've uh, over my career, I've spent a, a day or two at Camp Ripley, as I'm sure many uh, fellow artillerymen have. And you know, it's it's phenomenal to have a facility like that here in Minnesota to be able to uh, exercise uh, our capabilities. And uh, as you said, though, you know, we look at uh, train opportunities both here in the United States, and there's you know some things on the division's calendar for. Um, that are overseas here coming up next year as well that are going to be great opportunities for us to exercise the division artillery and, uh, you know, hone our skills as we continue to build our capabilities. Training, 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 Colonel. Absolutely. Sir, uh, I know that you've got a full-time position with uh, FEMA and so that you're you're a weekend uh, soldier and you're the commander. How difficult does that make it to, to accomplish your task to, this year and over the next three? You know, it's... Um, it, Every every member of the National Guard feels the same tension that, you know, you have to find balance between your obligations, you know, to your your profession, uh, the the National Guard, and of course your families, and uh, you know that's something I work at every day. Uh, again, as I said before, uh, I'm greatly appreciative of the the full time team that uh, the Minnesota National Guard put in place to help uh, support this effort. Um, you know, they do. Uh, the lion's share, the the day to day responsibilities, and and really uh, enable me as a part time soldier to be able to uh, provide the command guidance, and then they really are the ones doing the execution. And Colonel, I would think uh, for any of our young listeners out there that might think about a career in the uh, Minnesota Army National Guard, 
having division artillery back here is really an opportunity to experience uh, some of those modern technology there is, and it's got to it's got to help your recruiters, and in turn help you fill those positions. Yeah, you know, I, this has been my message as I traveled around to the different artillery organizations uh, earlier this spring and summer, is that you know, with the division artillery coming to Minnesota first, uh, it is a great time to be an artilleryman. So whether you're thinking about uh, joining the Minnesota National Guard or whether you're already part of the Minnesota National Guard and part of the artillery f- family already. Um, you know, the opportunities for experiences, uh, potential promotions, all those kind of things, just uh, took a huge step forward with the division artillery coming back. And, sir, uh, one last question. I think you're going to meet a bunch of uh, former Minnesota National Guard uh, soldiers that were involved in the artillery, division artillery before, and uh, they're pretty excited about this. Yeah, no, I and I appreciate all of the outreach that I've had already. It's been, uh, you know, the, the Minnesota artillery community has welcomed me with, with open arms. And, uh, you know, I appreciate every uh, outreach that, that's occurred already. And I assure you there is, uh, you know, future events where we'll go through the ceremonial uncasing and, and unveiling of the uh, division artillery as we uh, move forward with this. Sir, I hope we, uh, this is just the first of many opportunities to learn about Devardi, Division Artillery from the from the uh, 34th Infantry Division. I'd like to thank you for taking time to join us today. Oh, thank you, Tom. It's been my pleasure. This is Colonel Eric Whelan, the new uh, uh, Division Artillery Commander for the 34th Infantry Division on Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us. When we come back, we're going to talk about American Legion softball. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. In a moment, we're going to talk about American Legion softball. But first, it's time for the Commissioner's Corner, a weekly update from the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. Now here's Commissioner Larry Herkey. The Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs is pleased to be moving full speed ahead on construction of our fourth state veteran cemetery just outside of Redwood Falls, Minnesota. Our other state cemeteries are located in Little Falls, Preston, and Duluth. The first interment at the Redwood County Cemetery is tentatively planned for Veterans Day on November 11, 2022. This new cemetery was jointly funded by the National Cemetery Administration and the state of Minnesota, with additional support from Redwood County. Over time, the Redwood County Cemetery will serve more than 22,000 veterans, their spouses, and eligible family members in the southwest part of Minnesota. Often our burial is the only benefit our veterans claim, and it is very important that those who have served our nation are laid to rest with respect and dignity they deserve. Pre-registration for new cemetery is available through your County Veteran Service Officer or CVSO. For more information, visit minnesotaveteran.org slash cemeteries or call one eight 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 link vet thank you commissioner herkey for more information please go to minnesotamilitaryradio.com joining me now to talk about american legion fast pitch softball is luann mcmahon luann welcome to minnesota military radio well thank you and thank you for having us here you know you fooled me i saw the, your name and i saw the information of who's coming on but uh uh, the last time I saw you, I think you it was before you got married, so your last name changed. And, of course, uh, I became pretty good friends with your dad, Jim Kellogg, yep. when he was department commander for the American Legion. So I didn't know it was you. We've met before. You used to work at uh, Hormel, and you came one uh, walking in with that smile, and I'm going, wait a minute, who is this? <laughs> yes, that would be that would be my dad. Yeah, and how's he doing? Is he still down on the farm? Yeah, he's between fishing and farming. He stays pretty busy. 
We see him on Facebook all the time. It looks like he's having a pretty good time. Yeah, he enjoys the grandkids. So a few barbecues, try. maybe a little <laughs> on the boat, and uh, and but still working and still on some boards and doing well. Yep, he's keeping busy, giving back to the community as much as he can. Very good. And then uh, once since I saw you at Hormel, uh, you met a man? Yes, I got married, and I have two more children since then. So I have a 10-year-old, a 3-year-old, and a 1-year-old. And Grandpa approves? Yes, right. very much so. If he likes him, then then you're in a good place. Now, I understand you served the United States Air Force. Yes, I did. I joined after high school and spent a year in South Korea and then came back and I was down on the Florida Panhandle at Herbert Field with Special Ops Headquarters. And so um, during the 9-11 occurred and we did some deployments after there. So then I stayed in Florida um, and served as a as a government employee there for a few years before returning to Minnesota. I guess I shouldn't be surprised that one of Jim Kellogg's girls uh, joined the Air Force. (laughs) It runs in the family a little bit to serve in the military. Yep, it sure did. And you've been a longtime member of the American Legion. Yes, yes, very proud member of Mm. that organization. Now, is that the local legion down in southern Minnesota? Yeah, I belong to the Adams Post. Which is located in what city? In Adams, down there, yep, down near Austin, between Austin and Rochester, now down by the Iowa border there. Yep, I was thinking you could see Iowa from the farm. Yep, climb the silo and we can see Iowa. <laughs> Very good. Now, how'd you get involved in American Legion? Just, was it just normal? We, of course, your dad was the department commander. Right, right. Um, I grew up in the Legion, um, so a long history there with my family. And my mom, um, she's a gold star sister, so she lost her twin brother in um, Vietnam. Um, so I grew up as in the auxiliary and a junior auxiliary. I was a district president for our junior auxiliary. So um, it's just one of those things that came natural for me growing up and, you know, serving your country just kind of was what you do. And the Kellogg family, just like going into service, uh, joining the American Legion, going through the chairs, doing your thing and right. helping your neighbors. Yep. Yep. Being part and doing what you can for your community. Uh, one more question. Did I hear a rumor that your dad's thinking about some kind of national office? Yes. Uh, the last district convention they had here, um, he was endorsed for a national vice commander. So here that's we go. an exciting, exciting time for him. Here we go. Well, tell him <laughs> don't forget Minnesota Military Radio when he becomes national commander. We- oh, he's a, a loyal listener and a proud fan. <laughs> well, that's good. We want to have him back on. So tell me about uh, American Legion. Everybody knows that... Uh, American Legion supports a baseball program that's been around for a long time. Correct. Um, the Legion has a, the, one of the four pillars, the foundation of the Legion is youth um, and their programs. So within that, they are able to help financially with certain youth programs that they adopt within programs within the state. So baseball for many years has been one of those. We also see the oratorical contests. Um, and now they have shooting sports in Minnesota as well. And this past fall, they approved, and we're very excited um, for the girls, their fast pitch softball. So it's much like the baseball runs. So it's 19U softball league for our female athletes throughout the state. Yeah, of course, uh, the baseball's been men's teams, and that's been around for probably 100 years or so, I would guess. Correct. So the first state tournament for Legion Baseball in Minnesota was held in Mankato 96 years ago. Okay. So we've been waiting for 96 years. And we, I think we just celebrated 100 years of American Legion a few years back, didn't we? Correct. Okay. Yeah, so we got to keep going through the next 100 years, but it's your job to do that. I'll just, Jim and I watch <laughs> from the sidelines. Now, 
where did this come from? Well, by the way, we're speaking to Luann, Luann McMahon, the daughter of Jim Kellogg, former department commander for American Legion on Minnesota Military Radio. The idea of soft pitch or, or uh, softball for the ladies. Has somebody been working on that for a while? So we we are the sixth state in the nation, the sixth department to adopt this program. For Minnesota, the idea came actually from our um, director of our softball committee up in Parker's Prairie, um, Mike Arverson. He is very involved in the baseball committee, and his daughter would be at the games because he was coaching and said, Dad, Dad, why, why don't they have softball? See, that's a good question. So he started researching and saw that other states had this, and he really put a push for this. And coincidentally, before it was approved, my daughter had asked me the same question, going out and watching all of her cousins play Legion baseball. And, Mom, will I ever have Legion softball? And she had called Grandpa <laughs> and said, Grandpa, why don't we have this? And he said, that's a, that's a really good question. So once they approved it, I was the first phone call he made and said, hey, do you want to be a part of this? Be careful what you ask for. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> now you got it. Yeah. So did that actually start when he was still department commander? Or? No, no, he wasn't the department commander, but he was still involved in the meetings um, and got to hear the discussion and see, you know, be approved and become adopted as an official program throughout the state. So did the, the American Legion Department, that's the state of Minnesota level American Legion, have they have they adopted the program? Did they approve it as a state activity? Yep, it, it was approved, and now we have started our first year. We're in full swing of our teams playing, um, so we're very excited about that. We have 24 teams throughout the state of Minnesota right now that are playing their season. Uh, we have many more phone calls that come in almost daily and emails of teams asking how they can join the league and be part of that. Um, so we're almost actually done with our first season. Our state tournament's coming up um, July 29th through 31st. So if you've got a team, uh, are they supported by a local American Legion post? Correct, just like baseball. So this really builds that partnership between your Legion and our softball community, and much like we've seen for the baseball community. So we're really excited to bring that to our female youth throughout the state of Minnesota. Um, it brings them in to their legions, and they work with their legions in a lot of situations where they're, because the legion have that gambling license, they can work with them to hold fundraisers um, to help to fund their softball programs. So it's not directly coming out of all the pockets of the parents. So which is pay for the equipment and uniforms and hats. Yep, and, and the umpires and the field costs, which is a big relief for a lot of parents um, of our female youth, especially with gas getting close to $5, you know. Everything's it's, more expensive. Correct. So I understand you now have an adopt-a-team program. Correct. Our main mission is to make softball accessible to all the female athletes throughout the state of Minnesota. So to truly do that, we have to look at every legion and every community is different. So some of them don't have gambling. Some of them don't have those extra funds. So we look to legions that are bigger and have those extra funds, and they donate them at the state level. And then we can redistribute those to teams that don't have active legions within their communities. And so they're picked up by other legion posts throughout the state. So it really brings us, you know, kind of more of that equal playing field where all girls can have that opportunity to, to play. So what's the age range on the players? Most of them are that you see is going to be your high school team. Um, with it being 19U, it does give that opportunity for some of what they call the super seniors to come back after their first year of college if their birth date falls in the slot. Um, but most of the teams this year are what you would see that are going to be your high school teams. So 19U is 19 and up? Under. Under 19. Yep. Okay, and then there's a, there is a provision for some of those returning from college that play for a year or two and 
Right. I imagine that'll expand as you go and you and you have some teams. We're looking at actually expanding it um, down. So it would be we're hoping that we can grow from a 19U and then add a 17 and under league as well. Um, so that's what you've seen a lot. And even baseball has grown now down into um, their younger leagues, and I believe they call it their Babe Ruth program. So like some of the club club teams where they're, they're certain ages and then you graduate to the next next one and up to the next one. Correct. But unlike um, a lot of the club teams, is that what makes Legion baseball and softball so wonderful is that you t- really take away some of the politics that you can see within youth sports, that one of our regulations is that you have to play for your for the team closest to the school that you attend. We're speaking with Luann McMahon about American Legion fast pitch softball for the girls teams on Minnesota military radio. I have to take a short break. We'll be, when we come back, we're going to hear more about this program. Welcome back to Minnesota military radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. We've been talking to Luann McMahon about American Legion fast pitch softball for girls. And Luann, uh, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Now we've, you've got uh, how many teams and who's eligible to play and, and uh, this is only the first year, right? This is our first year. So we have 24 teams throughout the state of Minnesota this year that are currently playing. Um, this is a league for 19U. So it's your high school teams that you'll see. Um, if teams are interested in playing, it would be their high school team, basically, that would play. And they can contact our local legion. If they don't have a local legion, they can reach out to um, their district Legion representatives. So every district in Minnesota will have a softball representative um, that can answer any questions and help the teams get signed up. So young ladies, fast pitch softball, are they competitive? Are they having fun? They are. They're having a lot of fun. And one of our missions with this is bringing softball back to our communities. What we've seen is that a lot of, you'll see the traveling team and club teams that come, girls from the communities are leaving and traveling quite distances and out of state to play softball. And that doesn't leave enough girls to have that local team. Um, so we, softball isn't having those Legion games in our local communities like baseball has. So this will bring a lot of that softball back to our communities. And I'm assuming you're using the same facilities as the guys use and when they're not there and you're going and do your, do, your te- do your games. Yeah, a lot of them will be on your high school fields. Is there going to be a state tournament first year and some events? Yep, yeah, we're coming up July 29th through 31st. Um, 96 years ago, the first baseball tournament was held in Mankato, and this year we're going back to Mankato, and this one's for the girls. July 29th, they'll check in. They'll have a formal banquet at the Cato Ballroom. On the 30th, we're going to start off with our opening ceremonies with a World War II aircraft flyover. We're inviting all of our Legion Color Guards that would like to participate from throughout the state to join us. Um, on the field, and then on the 31st, we're still looking to have a couple surprises, um, but that's when we'll have our championship game, and we'll have our first um, Minnesota Fast Pit, Minnesota American Legion Fast Pitch champion team. Luann's involved. It's going to be a big production. Are you going to put Jim to work on that, too? Well, he's been he's been helping me. One of the things my dad's put up with his whole life. If you know me, I can throw a really good party. So <laughs> this is going to be this is going to be a good one. Well, he'll be there and he'll help. Now, how can veterans help? Um, one of the programs that we are promoting is behind the mask, and this is helping with our like many things shortage of umpires throughout the state. So we would like to take this um, out to our veterans and make a call to them because um, we feel like veterans are built really for the umpire job. Um, for them to join, and they can come out. And this is a great way that we see um, for them also to find purpose and integrate back into their communities. 
Uh, if, those, if any of our veterans are interested in, in becoming an umpire and helping with the uh, American Legion fast pitch softball, where do they go? Who should they contact? Um, they can look on our website, minnesotalegionsoftball.com. Um, they can look on our Facebook page, Minnesota American Legion Softball. And then they can also look up the program Behind the Mask. And Brian DeVos out of Wasika is the main contact for that. And we can get you in contact with him as well. But they help with um, sponsoring, like training and your equipment for your first year. So if we have any questions about uh, the American League, Legion, fast pitch softball for girls, they can start at their local uh, American Legion, right? Yep. Just go on. Go ahead, and all of our legions have the information. Um, if they don't have the answers, they can reach out to their district representatives. All right. How big do you think this is going to get? Well, we're hoping we can get it bigger than the guys. So that's our that's what we're looking for. Watch, I know. Watch out, guys! Here they come. <laughs> Here we come. <laughs> now, is this going to become a national program like Legion baseball? Uh, we are hoping so. There, we were the sixth in the nation. We're hoping for thirteen departments, states next year to adopt, to have total adopt the program. And I spoke with the national commander when he was in Minnesota, and he said that once we have 33 departments, we'll become a national program. So then we'll truly give the same opportunities to our female youth that we have for our male youth in the state. So it's a big win for equality for our female athletes. Well, very good. And uh, final question for our listeners. We already asked, we told them once, but tell them again. For more information, where do you want them to go? You can go on Minnesota American Legion Softball. If you just Google it, it will bring up all of our sites. Or they can probably just look at the American Legion Department, or they can go to their local legion. Somebody there is going to have some information. Yep. Get the gals out, and let's get this thing moving. All right, let's play ball. Luann, uh, two things. Uh, I want you to say hello to Jim Kellogg for me. Tell yes. him we'd like to have him back on the show sometime. And I want to thank you for, for coming to town and visiting with us at the radio station today. Yes, well, thank you very much for having us. We're very excited to get the word out about this program. Thank you. That was Luann McMahon talking about American Legion fast pitch softball for girls. Joining me now is Tim Leonhardt from the flag line of the Minnesota Patriot Guard. Tim, welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. Thank you, Tom. It's always an honor. Tim, well, here we are, uh, almost mid-July, summertime. Uh, I see a lot of motorcycles out on the road, and uh, unfortunately, I see people driving like crazy. they got to start seeing the motorcycles. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it gets more and more involved when you're out on the bike. You see all these, everybody's re- walk, or watching their phones and talking on them. And, you know, as a, as a rider, you have to... Uh, be driving for yourself and for everybody else. you got to know ahead of time what they're going to do. <laughs> so for all of us in our cages, slow down a little bit, try to see and spot the motorcycles, and yeah. and uh, let's keep everybody safe. Oh, yeah. Tim, I understand June was uh, pretty busy for your riders. It really was. We had, uh, out of 30 days of June, we had 28 missions. And that's not a good thing, but it's, uh, I don't know, we Losing people, and that's not that's that's nothing to brag about. But we had a lot of missions last month. Well, and and were most of them the funerals, or did you do any yep. uh, deployment nope. uh, exercises or any welcome home? No, nope. And most of them were just funerals, and there was a couple of dedications, but mostly just funerals. And we got to thank those those veterans of the past for all they gave up when they when they served for us. And for those families, any family that loses a veteran in their family, that's the most important funeral of the day. And, and yeah. uh, it's never just another funeral, is it? No, it, it never is. And everybody's unique and everything they've done 
you get to learn a lot of history when you're on the flag line of the the, the fallen hero, and it's 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 interesting for us. So, Tim, uh, you need some new riders, Patriot Guard riders. You're always looking for some more, aren't you? We can always use Patriot Guard riders. We're, you know, our our membership going to funerals is is dwindling, and uh, we always like to make sure that the families see a good showing when they show up. So we're always looking for new riders. Who's eligible to be a Minnesota Patriot Guard rider? Anyone. Anyone that uh, has a 3 by 5 flag, a, a flagpole, and wants to honor the, the our, our heroes. It's all about honor, dignity, and respect. Yep, honor, dignity, and respect. And they don't even have to ride a motorcycle. They can come oh. in a cage. You can come in a cage. You can come by a bus. I know there's one guy that I that I talked to the other day. He comes with an Uber. Well, long as he long as he gets there, yep. joins the the line, and yep. and uh, takes care of our veterans. That's the important thing. Oh Tim, yeah, it I want to thank you for joining us again today. Thank you. That was Tim Leonard from the flag line of the Minnesota Patriot Guard on Minnesota Military Radio. We're just about out of time. Thanks for listening to this edition of Minnesota Military Radio. I'd like to thank our guests for joining us this week, Colonel Eric Wheland, Luann McMahon from American Legion Softball, Tim Leonhardt from the flag line of the Minnesota Patriot Guard, Commissioner Larry Herkey from Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, and finally Minnesota's Adjutant General, Major General Sean Mankey. Please join us next week as we talk about research at the Minneapolis VA Healthcare System and meet a new Yellow Ribbon Company. That's coming up next weekend on this station or online anytime at minnesotamilitaryradio.com. I'm Tom Lyons, and I hope that you make a difference in someone's life this week. Minnesota Military Radio is a production of iHeartMedia, the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, the Minneapolis VA, Beyond the Yellow Ribbon, and the Minnesota National Guard. Your host is Tom Lyons, founder and owner of Phelan Partners Limited, a merger and acquisition advisory firm. Tom is a life member of the American Legion, VFW, Vietnam Veterans, Veterans of America and the DAV. For podcasts and the latest updates, follow us at minnesotamilitaryradio.com.